chapter 10 of the book of Deuteronomy. And remember what's going on in the book. Uh, the, uh, Moses is giving a final word to the new generation that is about to enter the land. And uh, he, I, I had been, been quite a while since I went through Deuteronomy, and I'm just uh, thrilled with what I'm, I'm personally seeing in the book, how Moses keeps hitting home at the, the great issues of, of living and living life and of, of, of believing in God and believing what God says and obeying God. This comes out over and over again in every chapter uh, in this book. Uh, the book is called uh, Deuteronomos, Deuteronomos Second Namos Law, the repeat of the law to the new generation who's about to enter the land. And Moses is very candid. He's very straightforward. Uh, he gives them both encouragement, but also he gives them words of chiding. You must obey God. You must listen to God. You cannot walk away from what He says. You must be faithful to, to the Lord. This is over and over again uh, in the book. Let's pick up. Um, uh, let's pick up about verse 14 of chapter 10, about where we left off uh, last time. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Uh, the whole universe belongs to Him. Our God owns this universe. He created this this universe. Yet on your fathers did the, did the Lord set his affection to love them and he chose their descendants their children after them even you above all peoples as it is this day how blessed how blessed are the jewish people to be chosen by god the god of the universe reached down and touched this little people and gave them revelation gave them insight gave them a, a code of a conduct and a revelation about himself and about the past and about the future and you and I are, are privileged to, to have these books in our lap and just to, to, to read the Old Testament and to realize that the blessings that came through the Jewish people uh, ultimately come to us, the Gentiles, the pagans. Our ancestors were pagans when God began to reveal Himself uh, to Abraham and then to His descendants. Uh, verse, uh, uh, verse 16, Circumcise then your heart and, and stiffen your neck no more. Uh, cut off the filth of, of your heart and, and quit being stiff-necked against God, stubborn against what God says. We have to be pliable to the Spirit of God. We have to listen to the Spirit of God. We have to be ready to say, yes, sir, Lord, to Him. What He tells us, for the Lord your God is the God of gods. Is there any gods? He's, he's over them, whether they're here or not. But he's, he's, he's exalted above even the gods of the pagans. And He's the Lord of Lords, the great and the mighty and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. You cannot play games with God. You cannot. Uh, you have to, to take Him as He is and accept Him and what He says to you. You must believe what He says. Uh, he executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows His love for the stranger by giving him food and clothing. So show your love for the stranger. and for, for you who are aliens in the land of, of Egypt, you are strangers in Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve Him and cling to Him. And you shall swear by His name. You shall fear Him. You shall serve Him. You shall cling to Him. You shall swear by His name. That doesn't mean curse, of course. That means to, to, to vow by His name, to, 
to, to stand behind His name or stand with His name. He is your praise and He is your God who has done these great and awesome things for you which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Uh, some have guesstimated that there are over 2 million uh, Jews who came out of uh, Egypt. They were there for over 400 years. They had uh, multiplied to possibly 200, uh, 2, 2 million. A uh, great innumerable company of, 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 of Jews. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep His charge, His statutes and His ordinances and His commandments. You shall always keep what He says. You shall always do what He says. Always. You cannot, you cannot uh, have your own way. And what a blessing to do what He says. There's peace and there's blessing that comes from this. Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known and who have not seen the discipline of the Lord your God, His greatness and His mighty hand and His outstretched arm and His signs and His works which He did in the middle of Egypt to Pharaoh the king of Egypt and to all his land and what He did to Egypt's army, to its horses and its chariots when He made the water of the Red Sea to engulf them. Come down to verse 6. And what he did to Dathan and, and Abraham, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, when the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them, their households and their tents. He's talking about what God did in a very specific thing. And every living thing that followed them among all Israel. But your own eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord which he did. Now, what is he talking about when he talks about what God did to, to Dathan and Abraham? Uh, what's he speaking about? Well, keep your finger here and go to Numbers 16. Go back to chapter 16 of the book of Numbers. See what he's talking about in verses 10 through 12. Numbers 16, 10 through 12. This is what happened uh, as they were in the wilderness. Starting at verse, verse 10, Numbers 16. God had brought you near Korah and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you. And and are you seeking for the priesthood also? They wanted to to uh, 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 put Aaron out to pasture. Therefore, you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. But as for Aaron, who was the first high priest, who is he that you grumble against him? You disobeyed God. You grumbled against Aaron. Then Moses sent a summons to Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eliam. But they said, we will not come up. We're going to do what we want to do. Don't summon us to chide us, Moses. We're not interested. Uh, is it not enough that, you, that uh, you have brought us out of the land flowing with milk and honey? To have us die in the wilderness? You know, speaking of Egypt. Well, Egypt was so good to us. And you brought us out into the wilderness? but you would also lord it over us? Indeed, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor have you given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Would you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up and answer to you, Moses, is what they're saying. We will not come up. Now look at verse 20. He's talking about these people, Dathan and so forth. Verse 20, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourself from among the con this congregation that I may consume these people who are grumbling, that I may consume them instantly. Instantly. 
But they fell on their faces and said, Oh God, you God of the spirits of all flesh, when one, one man sins, will you be angry with the entire congregation? And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the congregation saying, Get back from around the dwellings of Korah and Dathan and Abram. Stand back. Get out of the way. Well, God's going to do something. What's God going to do? Verse 31. Here's what God's going to do. It came about as He finished speaking all these words that the ground that was under them split open. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up in their households and all the men who belonged to Korah with their possessions. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive to the, to the grave, Sheol. That doesn't mean hell, but to the, into the depths of the ground, into Sheol. And the earth closed over them and they perished from the middle of the assembly. And all Israel who were around them fled at their outcry. For they said, The earth may swallow us up. Fire also came forth from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense. God had a retribution against these people. Now go back to Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter uh, 11. Chapter, chapter 11. And verse 6 again. What he did to Dathan and Abram and the sons of Eliab and the sons of Reuben when the earth opened its mouth. What God did, His great signs and wonders that He did, God had a retribution. God brought a judgment on these people. Where have you been? God is, God is not going to take this from these people. His great work. Go to, go to verse 7, chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, verse 7. Your own eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord which, which, he, had, which, he, had, which he did. I come down to verse 11. Chapter 11, verse 11. But the land into which you are about to cross to possess it, a land of hills and valleys, drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on this land. It's always on that land. It's His land. It's His land that He gave to the Jewish people. From the beginning even to the end of the year, it shall come about if you listen obediently to my commands which I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God and to serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. Heart and soul are constantly mentioned uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. Then He will give the rain for your land in its season. The, earthly and, the early and the late rain that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil and He will give grass in your fields for your cattle. You shall eat and be satisfied. Beware lest your hearts be deceived and you turn away and serve other gods and worship them. Their hearts would be deceived. The hearts would be deceived. In America, people's hearts are deceived first. Then their minds and their bodies and then they... Uh, they go their own way. The heart is deceived. The heart is deceived. Or the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and He will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the ground will not yield its fruit and you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore impress these words of mine, Moses speaking, on your heart and on your soul. There it is again. 
starts with the heart and the soul. Does your heart belong to Him? Is your heart given over to Him? Is your very being, your very soul belong to Him? Not just listening to His words, but the heart and soul belong to God. As this people given their hearts and souls to God. And you shall bind them, these words, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. The Jews took that very little, literally. They, they, had what, uh, they take these little boxes and they have portions of the law and they bind them on their wrist and they, they, they put them on a, uh, with, with leather straps on the front of their head. And uh, thinking, if we just take a portion of the law and literally put it on our hands and put it right in the front of our brain, that'll cause us to, to obey God and to listen to Him. Uh, no, that's not so. <laughs> These are called phylacteries. The phylacteries, we'll bind them to our hand, we'll, we'll take straps and put a piece of the law up here, and that'll somehow, I guess, get, get into our brain and cause us to obey God. No, it's listening to His words. It's, uh, it's listening to the words and giving over to the words you shall impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul. And uh, this does not mean that they're going to take it to literally copy these laws and put them on their wrists. How stupid. God, what does God mean when He says, I want them on your, on your hands and, and frontals on, on your forehead? It means everything that your hand does, your hands do, everything that your hands do is responding to the laws and the commands of God. Hand, you will do what God says you're to do. Mind and brain, you will do what God has told you to do. You will obey from your from your mind and your heart and your soul. You shall bind them as frontals on your on your forehead. And look at 19. And by the way, this is what everybody has to be careful of. Look at 19. Everybody, every every young couple with children have to listen to this carefully. You shall teach them. To your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens remain above the earth. Now, again, did he did he really mean that you're to take a portion of the law and put it on the doorpost? Well, the Jews do that. They have what's called the mezuzah. The mezuzah is a little container that they wrap up a piece of the law, the mezuzah, and they nail it on the front of the door. And you've seen movies when the Jews come in out of their house, they, they, they kiss the mezuzah because it's got a portion of the law as if that somehow is going to make them keep it that's not what makes them keep it. It's where is their heart and their soul. What's going on in, in, inside of them in terms of listening to God and doing what God says. It's not just tagging it on the door. Uh, it's not putting it on your gates. You can do that, but that doesn't cause one to obey. What causes one to obey is what is going on inside of a person and the person's determination to do what God says and to pass this on to your sons. To your sons. Pass it on to your sons. Because your sons are going to have families. They're going to have children. And if your sons, by the way, you get the, you get the man, you get the boy, you've got the family. You get the man, you get the boy, you've got the wife and the children. 
So you get to you get to you get to the, the, the male. Make sure he and because it's the, the hardest thing in the world is to get young men to do what God says to be spiritual. To be spiritual. Young men are rebels. Uh, young men, especially when they're young, don't want to do what God has to. God tells them. But if you can train the young man, if you can get him early, you will get the daughters, you'll get the wife, you'll get the sons, you'll get the, all the children, the whole family, and you'll pass it on to the next generation. So what is what happens to the children is most important. This verse is telling us that right, right. You can't you can't escape what what the passage is trying to tell us. All right, come over to chapter. To, let's, keep, let's keep reading the verses down to verse twenty-eight. For if you are careful, verse twenty-two, to keep all this commandment, which I am commanding you to do it, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and hold fast to Him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you in the promised land, and you will you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. I want you to notice something. First part of verse 22, it says if you keep all this commandment, there it's singular. Often it's plural, these commandments. So sometimes the Lord looks at it as a whole, the commandment with all of its parts, its pieces, or the commandments, all of them together. You want to keep the whole. You want to keep the parts. All of it you are to keep. and You are to do it. And by the way, notice what starts out in verse 22. That's one of the first things he mentions, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to hold fast to Him. Please notice this, to love, to walk, and to hold fast, to cling to, to hold fast, to grip God. Hold fast to Him. Hold on to the Lord. And do what He says, and walk in all of His ways. By the way, the word ways, can, way can be translated, the roads can be translated as road, uh, to walk in His road, or roads. What God has laid out, that's what you are to do. And by the way, that will bring, bring peace. And by the way, the more that we obey God, the more we find out that He is right, the more that we obey Him, we find out that He's not only right, but He has our good in His hands for us. The more that we see how much He blesses us, then we, it comes back that the more we, can, we love Him. We understand what He's done for us. We understand if we, if we obey, if we listen, He's working on our behalf. He cares for us. And that should cause a response of love back to Him. A response of love back to Him. And the older we get, the more we should be able to love Him and say, you know what? What He says is true. What he says is right. Everything he's done is for our good. Oh God, how I love you. These songs that we sang this morning, I, I never know which ones Lacey's going to pick out, pick, pick, but she picked some beautiful songs this morning. Some very deep and spiritual songs. And by the way, many churches this morning are not singing these kind of songs. They're singing things that you go, they go, yeah, up and down and sideways and you can't hear the words and you don't know what the words mean. And I have uh, several rules. Everybody remember my rules? What's one of my rules about songs? If you, can, if you can sing it in the shower, it's a good song. If you can hum it in the shower, if you can't hum it, because it goes, uh, 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 goes all over the place, it's not a good song. If it's theologically and biblically correct, 
it's a good song. And if you can understand it, hear the words, it's a good song. I'm afraid our young people are not getting those kind of songs. By the way, they're getting songs that almost make sound like God's a lover instead of God, whom we should love, of course, and He does love us, yes. But they're all strange emotional songs that, 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 that uh, in my opinion, demean God and lower God like He's a lover. God cares for us. He is a, he is a, a strong kind of love, a dependable kind of love. That's, it's, it's diver, that's different and far better than just romantic kind of love, if you will. Uh, he goes on. Look at, uh, look at uh, verse um, 23. Then the Lord will drive out these nations. Look at verse 24. Every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. Your border shall be from the wilderness to Lebanon and from the rivers, river, the river Euphrates, as far as the western sea, which would be the Mediterranean. Look at the size of the land. The Jews never fully occupied the land all the way over to the river Euphrates. That will be the core of the land for the kingdom. That will be part of the part of the kingdom from Lebanon to Euphrates to the Mediterranean. The Jews never had fully occupied all of that land. But that still is theirs. That will be the kingdom land. Verse 25. Uh, there shall no man be able to stand before you. <clears throat> the Lord your God shall lay the dread of you and the fear of you on all the land which you set foot as He has spoken to you. By the way, does this mean that every time someone comes into the land they start shaking and quivering in front of God if they come with wrong motivation it does if they come with peace seeking the God of this land they will be blessed they will be blessed you would have no fear of God no fear of God if you obey God no fear of God if you accept the offer of salvation that he gave in, in the Lord Jesus no quake kind of fear of God wrong kind of fear Though there is to be a respect and fear, and David mentioned that this morning, there is a, a fear, respect, respect, fear, but not a quake fear. You can come into the land, you come with the right motives, and you don't come into the land to the land quivering. You come into the land and you'll be blessed, and others who come and join you will be blessed. Verse 26 See, I am setting before you today a blessing, whoops, and a curse. A blessing and a curse. In the larger sense, God gave America a blessing. But guess what? There's a curse attached. If you play games with God, if you ignore God, if you deny His Word, if you deny His Son, a curse will follow. This nation is building up to a curse. I predicted some years ago, and some of you over here, you know that I, I'm kind of a, feel like I'm a Moses or Aaron or something. I don't know, but I predicted that on television it would get worse and worse, and it has. When you watch the commercials, they are getting raunchier, they're getting dirtier, they're getting more obscene. They are, they are. Uh, 
and, and then the younger people are laughing at the commercials that are just bodily functions mentioned in commercials. And everybody thinks they're so funny. They're obscene. They're crude. How can the younger generation think that's funny? Crudeness. This is what's happening to the nation. And there's going to be a curse coming. A curse will fall on this nation for rejecting God or rejecting what is right and what is good and rejecting God Himself. It's going to become a curse that will come. Look at verse 28. Oh, let's just read 26 again. I'm setting before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I'm commanding you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commands of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I'm commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. A curse will come. Chapter 12, verse 1. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess as long as you live on the earth. Please notice something that you observe carefully. Carefully observe. You just don't take it lightly. Oh, well, we'll just do what God says. And take it lightly. You have to take it seriously. God, tell me what I'm to do. Tell me what I'm to be. And I will promise you a blessing. A blessing. He made you. He made the world. He made uh, uh, your body. He made your soul. He made you. And the Maker knows what we need. The Maker knows our lostness. The Maker has provided salvation. The Maker has provided instructions. And it's not a heavy thing. It's a simple thing to say, God, I want to do what You tell me to do. I commit myself. I commit this nation. I commit my children. I commit this household. Then there's no fear. Then a blessing comes. And when a people or an individual uh, ignores God, uh, plays games with God, there will be a price to pay. Look at verse 2 of chapter 12. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree where they have planted uh, uh, altars to their gods on the, on the hills and, and in the, in the, uh, where the trees are, are, are blossoming. You shall tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and burn their asherim. These this are the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the gods of wood and stone, the asherim, with fire. And you shall cut down the engraved images of their gods. You shall obliterate their name from that place. You shall not act like this toward the Lord your God. You shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God shall choose from all your tribes to establish His name there for His dwelling, and there you shall come. There you shall come. No, we're not a theocracy today. We don't go into the uh, houses of, or the churches of people of other, other beliefs and, and tear down their... their uh, if they're worshiping other gods, we want to, but we're not a theocracy. 
Israel was a theocracy. God was the head. God was the king. The land was theirs. And God said, this is what I want you to do. Anyone in, the, in this country, in this nation, that is worshiping their gods, you are to destroy those gods. You take all the vestiges of all their gods and all their, uh, their false deities. Now, we don't do that today. We present the gospel. We present the gospel of the Lord Jesus. We don't go and tear down their, their homes and tear down their, their altars. We want to, but we don't. But what a blessing if we did to extricate these things from, from our midst, to get them out of our midst if we had them in our midst, to get rid of them. Uh, look, at, uh, look at verse um, uh, verse 6. There you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes, the contribution of your hand, your votive offerings and your freewill offerings that you give freely, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. There also you and your household shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all your undertakings which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do at all what, what we are doing here today. Every man doing what, whatever is right in his own eyes. Please notice that carefully. You're not to do what's going on here today. That is everyone doing what's right in their own eyes. That's not what you're to be doing. Those who say, we'll do what we want to do, that Christianity is, is, gives us freedom to just do what we want to do. No, it doesn't. We are to do what God would have us to do, not what is right in our own eyes. Look at verse 9. For you have not as yet come to the resting place and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. They had not entered the land yet. They were about to, but they had not entered the land yet. When you cross the Jordan River and live in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and He gives you rest from all your enemies around you, so that you live in, live in security, then it shall come about that the place in which the Lord your God shall choose for His name to dwell there, you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and the contribution of your hand and all your choice votive offerings which you have vowed to the Lord. Then you will come to the place that, that I have chosen. You have to do what I'm telling you to do. You don't do what you want to do. What is right in your own eyes. And that's a very important point in, in, in the, at this point in the book of, of Deuteronomy. We don't do what we want to do. We have to obey and submit ourselves to God. I just finished a book dealing with the founding of America. The Christian founding of America. And the early founding fathers wanted this nation to do what God said. What God said. Sometimes they were a little, little heavy-handed in their, in their approach. But nevertheless, they wanted to do what God said. They wanted that to be in the culture of America. They didn't put it in the laws, that, that every law had to come out of a specific chapter or, or verse in, in Scripture. They were very careful of that. They did not want the religion of America to be one denomination. They, 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 they virtually almost went to war to make sure that uh, the Episcopal Church would not uh, be a govern, the governing religious body of America. They want America free from any denomination, especially the Episcopal Church, the Church of England. They wanted freedom from that, but the, but they were they were they were adamant about doing what God wanted done in this nation. 
they did not come here first for, for material purposes. And I, I imagine in most of the textbooks that are uh, in, in history in our schools, they, they try to make you think that the, the, the founding fathers came for material things. That was not what they first came for. They were blessed materially after they got here. But their first purpose was a religious, spiritual purpose for coming to America. You have nothing else in all their writings. You have nothing else in all their writings. I have a stack of books this high of early America. Nothing else. They, never, they don't mention, hey, we're going, to great, we're going to create a great economy here in this country. They never said that. They came for spiritual purposes. To be free from all the abuse that was going on in Europe and England. The religious abuse and the, the heavy-handedness of the uh, of the Episcopal Church, the Church of England. They wanted absolute freedom, but they wanted spiritual things in this country. They wanted this, this nation to be following God in the Scriptures. Every colony, every colony in their charter, in the charter of every colony that was founded, they put a spiritual purpose. This colony is here to glorify Jesus Christ. They put that in the, in the, in the writings of, their, uh, of, of, of the charters of their colonies. That's why this nation has gone so long. That's why this nation has moved so far spiritually. But now, guess what? Now we've lost it. Now we are thrown into the trash bin. And I personally do not think that we can pray. We need to pray. I want you to pray. But I don't think we're going to turn it around. The judgment is coming. The judgment is coming. If people do not hear this in their homes, if they no longer go to church, if they don't even hear one verse or a chapter read over the PA system at the school, they don't hear anything from this book, this nation will not return to this book. It will not. And more and more in our school systems and our government, we have anti-Bible, anti-Christ, anti anti-Christianity in our government, in our school system. And I wish I could tell you, I wish I were wrong. I want to be wrong. That's going to turn around. We know that ultimately it's not. We already know that. Well, we, we talked about the Antichrist this morning. It's not going to turn around, ultimately. We would love to have a reprieve. We would all like a, a momentary, some kind of momentary reprieve. But you know what? I have a gut feeling if God gave us a momentary reprieve, I'm not sure that Mal Couch would take it right. I think I would give it as some kind of escape. Whew, boy, that was a close call. Well, let's get back to the way things used to be. I'm not sure that I would really fall on my face. And say, oh God, thank you for giving us a little longer. I'm not sure my gut would do it. Let's close in prayer. <clears throat> Father, we need your mercy desperately. Just as the Jewish people desperately needed your word and your mercy. Oh God, if you do not lower the nation, turn the nation around, at least turn us around. Speak to our hearts and souls. 
on one hand, we're not responsible for everyone else. We are responsible for what we do. Please, Father, please bless us. Not because we deserve it, but for the sake of your Son. In His name we pray. Amen.